This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. He's a writer, a whiskey aficionado, and I'm sure many (laughs) other things. It's Brian Holfeld. Hi, Joseph. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Good. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. I really appreciate it. Is whiskey aficionado, is that fair? Is that a fair way to describe your relationship? Yeah. Uh, um, Aficionado uh, daily. I think that qualifies (laughs) as aficionado. Mostly scotch. Just uh, not, I'm not a big American whiskey or bourbon fan, but yeah. Yeah, scotch. And you have a beautiful collection. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, we, we kind of just stumbled on that. As you know, we have our <clears throat> annual uh, dinner every year, our, our Burns Day dinner, and people bring us different scotches and stuff. So we've amassed a nice collection. But th- I'm not obsessed with scotch. I think people are now at this point thinking, what is oh this? He's here to talk about, about is this an intervention? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, we are going to talk today about old radio. But before we get into that, can you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, I Currently, I'm a uh, writer and producer in TV animation. Um, and I started out writing feature films many, many years ago. Uh, um, I wrote a picture called He Said, She Said, nice. which I think some people might remember. And I did a lot of uncredited rewrite work. Uh, the Mighty Ducks is one of the things I worked on, um, Almo and Grouchland. And then that sort of led me into animation. Uh, I started working on the Winnie the Pooh franchise, uh, did a couple of movies and specials, and then I was invited to pitch a TV show for the Disney Channel which uh, became My Friends Tigger and Pooh. Uh, and then f- I've been working in TV animation for about 15 years then. Wow. Yeah, which actually, there and there is a link to Old Time Radio that, I, I, that we could oh, discuss excellent. later. Excellent. Yeah. What has it been like to be immersed in the world of Winnie the Pooh for that many years, to be like uh, <laughs> the Pooh guy? <laughs> you know, I was. I was, for a while, I was the go-to. In fact, I even wrote copy for a Pampers commercial once because they, they asked, it, they, wanted, they said, this doesn't sound like Winnie the Pooh. Who can we get to like make it sound? So I actually did did that. It was very odd. I'm not sure. I, I, I must have gotten paid, but maybe not in Pampers. Um, but uh, it's very nice. It was it was it was a time in my life where I needed something very soothing and very comforting. Yeah. And it was very nice to be able to go to work every day and just immerse myself in the hundred acre wood where everything's nice and everything's you know safe and it's a great group of characters to write for. Um, I've been lucky. In addition to the Pooh characters. To write for other established characters like the Sesame Street characters and really um, for Elmo and Grouchland, yeah, and uh, and the, and the Muppets too. I did some development stuff for the Muppet characters. Uh, nothing ever happened with it, but um, and then the Transformers characters. So yeah, I, I, it's, and it's really great because uh, as a friend of mine who's a director says, the the great thing about because he uh, he directed um, Follow That Bird, which I also uh, did a voiceover in. Oh wow! Uh, I had I, it was before I was writing, but um. He says the great thing about characters like that is you always know how they're going to act. Yeah. So it's easy to write for, but that's also the curse because they always have to act in a certain way. So, <laughs> but it, but it's it's a nice it's a nice line to tread though. Yeah, you can't have Winnie the Pooh just like have a scotch tasting that day. <laughs> we and we pitched that for some reason. Disney Junior just uh, uh, if you make it a honey tasting. Oh yeah. That's it's oh, the same yeah. thing. Talk about obsessed. Yeah. You should have Winnie the Pooh on your show. <laughs> he cannot stop talking about honey. Honey, just for an hour. Just, it'd get a little tiring, I think. I asked my weird question, which I'll ask you about in the How Obsessed Are You section, about how would you react if a bear took the thing you were obsessed with? So that'd be great to ask Winnie the Pooh. 
How would you react if another bear took your honey? Whoa, man, that'd be a throwdown. <laughs> There'd be some blood, <laughs> some bear blood shed. Some poo blood. <laughs> that is awesome. You've had an amazing career in Hollywood. Uh, so I'm fascinated to hear your thoughts on even older Hollywood, which is old radio, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, you know, I kind of got into it again recently. Uh, when I bought my new car and it came with Sirius XM yeah. and, and there's a great old time radio station on Sirius XM. Oh, really? Uh, and it's, it's, it's a weird, it's kind of, they, there's a guy that does it, uh, Greg Bell, who I'll shout out for because he does a great programming thing and he has his own website and everything. So it's kind of a, it's not something they produce. It's more of a pickup for Sirius, oh, okay. but they run a lot of old radio shows. Um, and, and I, it sort of got me interested again when I was growing up, I was, uh, my my parents are of the age that they grew up in the 30s and 40s with radio. So they were first generation listening they, to exactly, this stuff. Exactly. Totally. Wow. And uh, then when I was growing up, it's sort of like I f- you would feel left out when they would talk about something, and I didn't know what they were talking about, so it made me interested in it. Okay. Uh, so I, I would, uh, in those days, you had to find the LPs, like of old radio shows. Yeah. And, and I found some of those, and... Um, and I just kind of over the years kind of, you know, really enjoyed listening to it, especially the, uh, in those days when I was such a comedy fan, Marx Brothers, W.C. Fields, I would go look for their radio shows to find, you know, obscure material that yeah. you couldn't see in the films. Um, and there was, there was a lot of it available in, in those days on LPs. I still have a lot of them. Um, and then, uh, you know, it kind of just always stayed with me, but it kind of got going again when I started listening recently to the past couple of years to Sirius yeah. XM. Now, when you were a kid and you were seeking them out, you, you were seeking out the comedy because that's what you liked. Yeah. Did your parents have opinions? Were your, was your mom like, the shadow's where it's at. You got to check that out. Um, yeah, they. Um, I, I definitely remember... In the, in the pre-Trivial Pursuit days, they had this series of trivia books that you'd buy at, like, Walgreens. Okay. And for some reason, my family bought a couple of them. And I remember one of the questions was about Fibber McGee and Molly. And I was like, wow, that sounds really exciting. What is this mysterious world of Fibber McGee and Molly? So, you know, and, and they would talk about that show. And my, my parents were not Marx Brothers fans. I think that was kind of one of the reasons I liked them. So you, know, you were kind of, rebelling by listening rebelling to really. old Radio Marx Brothers. <laughs> I'll show them. <laughs> you punk. I'm not going to smoke cigarettes. I'm going to listen to Marx Brothers. <laughs> Screw your favorite McGee and Molly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I remember asking my mother where she was when she heard about Pearl Harbor on the radio broadcast. Yeah. She definitely remembers she was, like, scrubbing her kitchen floor. And the radio came on with Pearl Harbor, you know, and it's like yeah. that, that announcement. See, and it was it was as much a part of people's lives as our screens are today. Yeah, because it was more even that background thing of like you can tune in to a specific right. show, but it's also right. just kind of going in the background, right? right? Right. Which yes, which is why they recap every ten seconds on some radio shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of recapping. Yeah. I should say this is one of the obsessions. Sometimes people come on and I'm like, I I've never seen this thing. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I suspect it's maybe some similar shows, some different shows, but I love old radio. Oh great! Like yeah. in my yeah. first experience was uh, I was living in Portland, Oregon when I was a kid. And the the radio station there just would change from pop music suddenly to the shadow one night, in it terrified and delighted me yeah and like yeah. i think i went and got my mom is like there's a creepy man on the radio and she's like okay what do you want me to do change it and i was like no i just, just wanted what, you, what did you know, know i'm just kind of frightened there's a terrifying man on the radio but i love him can you explain the shadow to me i never understood <clears throat> like where where is his voice where is he oh where is he yeah he's just invisible but how they never explain it he's invisible okay but you mean his introduction 
When he's talking to the audience? No, just how he does what he does. Like he hides in a room with somebody and makes them think that he's not there. Right. And they shoot at him and they never hit him because he's invisible. Yeah. And he just kind of drives them. He kind of psychs them out. Yeah, he taunts his, them. He really. taunts them. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm here. You don't the can't see of me. crime bears bitter fruit. And you don't know where I am. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the it's the, you know, and there's a lot of this, obviously, in old radio, very dated stuff. But it's the, yeah. he, he yes. went to the Mystic East, right? And studied. Oh, is that yeah, the that's story? his, his that's, superhero origin. Oh, that's right. kind of out-of-body thing that he can do or yeah, something. Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, in the pulps, he's just an uh, angry guy with a hat and some guns. <laughs> and I think oh. for the radio show, they wanted to make him a little bit more superhero-y. And that's interesting that you say that, because I was just talking uh, to my wife this, uh, about this, um, that in that way, it kind of became a, a show about radio. That it's about a voice, yeah, scaring people. Oh, that no one else and, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and at the same way with the uh, the whistler and the whisperer, it was all these people who who sort of with their voice are bringing you into this world, you know. Oh yeah, and of suspense and um, so it was kind of interesting that it almost is self reflexive in a way. Yeah, I'd never thought about it that yeah, way. That's yeah. really really cool. Yeah, especially the shadow because it is like where's where's that voice coming? From? <laughs> where is that voice coming? Sounds from? like Orson Welles. <laughs> and there's so much <laughs> narrating that has really stuck with me. I had uh, two uh, Shadow Adventures in particular that I had on cassette for a long time. <laughs> and one of them, the mystery that they were trying to solve was uh, these, I can't remember, the city was being poisoned, but it was uh, coming with threatening letters. So they were yes. looking for the typewriter that I had the distinctive. And when they finally find the person, you hear Margot Lane typing, and then you hear the shadow saying what the typewriter is doing. It's like, Margo, the A, it's blood. And you're like, oh, like in that line, for some reason, it stuck with me for years and years and years. You just find yourself saying it at random times, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so sure. My yeah. wife is very confused. I'm like, Sarah, the A is blood. Like, oh, okay. The, 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 the best time that comes through for me in radio is like in the Westerns when, or even the detective shows when somebody shoots somebody and you have no idea who got shot. Or who, <laughs> so, there's, so there's a lot of explanation after the gunshot yeah. of the same kind of thing. It's like, whoa, he nearly got you, but you got him first. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, Is he really, dead? No, he's still alive. It's interesting to see which uh, shows figure out a way to be elegant about it and which yes. shows just... Uh, there was a Superman, Batman, Robin team up that I can't remember where. I, I think I might have just picked up in the middle somehow and it just started with Superman saying, Robin, how are you? And Robin's like, well, I was shot in the head, but I'm fine now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good to hear it. Let's move on. Very, very violent stuff. So now that you you came back to it as an adult, uh, was it actually? I want to ask: Was it lonely as a child since you had parents who knew it? And this is an I would imagine an obscure thing that you were interested in, or was this something that you could go to school and convince other kids to check out? Oh, old radio? oh I would never. No, I would never talk about it with my classmates. It was just too weird. I had a lot of things like that that I kind of I feel like I was born in the wrong time because I had uh, two older sisters and an older brother, so I was influenced by them musically and my parents too. Because in those days, um, my sister. Uh, Broadway soundtracks, scores of original Broadway shows were like big sellers. Yeah. And 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 movies too. Like West Side Story soundtrack was like a huge seller. So we had that. We had Carousel. We had all the Broadway things. We had old singers. We had Glenn Miller. Uh, and then I remember, I totally remember the day my sister brought home the first Beatles sing- single. 
so there was a lot of influences coming and going. And in many ways, I sort of felt a little bit detached from from my classmates who yeah. talked. I mean, I still watched Batman and Man from Uncle and all those things. Okay. So I could talk about that stuff with them. <laughs> but I, you know, the, Al Jolson probably wasn't going to be a big topic of conversation <laughs> in fifth grade. <laughs> so you, you had enough interest. You're like, well, it, at a moment of conversation at the lunch table, I'll bring up exactly. Adam West Batman and not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, that's interesting because I feel like I still, I just have a lot of interests. And I've, I know a little bit about a lot of things, which, I, okay. which I'm not sure I'm actually obsessed with old-time radio, although I do find myself, you know, bringing it up in conversation and other people's eyes glaze over. So that's probably <laughs> a good indication of, of, of being obsessed. Okay, well, my eyes will be lit up this whole time. So you came back to it then as an adult, and now that you're listening to Sirius XM, are you gravitating towards specific shows? Yeah, Gunsmoke is my favorite. Okay. And, and speaking of, like, when you were saying about, uh, like, the gunshot thing, they do it really well. Okay. It's, they're very good scripts. It's artfully written. They It has an amazing soundtrack. It was the first show to sort of be sound designed rather than oh. just sound effects. Okay. So there's actually, I mean, they build the world with sound so well. Uh, there's, there's a great clip where... Um, uh, they're being held prisoner and and they uh, and they don't have any guns so one of the guys has an axe and there's this incredibly suspenseful thing where they sneak up where the bad guys are and the one guy th- throws an axe and hits the bad guy and it's really violent wow and, yeah and, and then there's but and then he just says he's really shaken up by it about how I never I've never I've only thrown at melons I've never killed a human gunsmoke is just like I, I'm getting ahead of myself oh no it's but great. Gun, gunsmoke is 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 just so dark and morally ambiguous. It's amazing that it comes from that era. Yeah. But it, but it was really the first kind of Western to do that. Uh, in, even in films. I mean, you had some at the same time. Gunsmoke started in the early 50s. Mid-40s, late 40s, you had Westerns getting a little more realistic, a little darker. John Ford always kind of had that looking at both sides of the issue yeah. thing. Um, and a little bit, but Gunsmoke really pushed that, like, you know, bad people get away with stuff and it's just, and it's violent and it's about, it even says, the, the intro says it's about, you know, America moving West and the violence that went with it. And it's yeah. like, wow, okay, yeah, well, that's right out there. Yeah. Do you think more, like, modern entertainment, like television, should follow that uh, old radio model of every episode explicitly tells you what it is and sometimes what, like, the theme or the moral is? Uh, you know, some of them still do. And the nice thing about Gunsmoke is it didn't hit you over the head with it. Okay. You kind of had not it, like it an even, axe. Yeah. Exactly, or in the middle of the forehead. Um, that you know, the, uh, um, Marshall Dillon was. Uh, I always say it like Festus. Marshall Dillon, um, he was uh, he was a rough character, he really edgy, and he was like he himself was torn about his job, but he knew he had to do it. And it's what does the intro say? Something like um, it, it's a it's a tough job and a little lonely. <laughs> it's like wow that's like really personal <laughs> yeah so that's clear anti-hero stuff exactly yeah like, that's yeah, a good I'm way to going put it. a little mad that like, yes listen into my adventures is i kind of lose yeah it. right it, well the uh, the impetus for gunsmoke was uh, i think william paley actually wanted a sh- wanted a like uh, philip marlowe set in the west oh okay and so that's what kind of gave it it's uh, that same sort of like dark night kind of uh kind of feel to it and i'm using Using that in the Chandler term, not in the Batman term. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, and it is kind of that way. It's just this world that you know evil exists and it's yeah. just there and it's like you deal with it every day and it's very modern. I mean, that's in that sense you can listen to it and really kind of think, wow, this is our world even more so today. Yeah, because in, in some ways, like some of the cartoonish villains of the other shows, it's like you know where are they coming from? But you understand like the motives of why 
when you're out there in the West and you're out in the middle of nowhere and somebody threatens you, you're going to get violent. You know? yeah. So it, it really plays into that. It's, uh, it's well written. The, as I said, the sound design is great. And, um, and then it transferred to TV simultaneously. Okay, so they were both running at the they same time. They both ran for like five or six years. I think they were both running at the same and time. And it is amazing to think that people at the time were not obsessed over which one was canonical. Wow. Or were they? You know something? that I, not, I don't think then, but now I think they are. Okay, the so pe- now the, they the, are. The people who are more obsessed about stuff like this than I am, I mean, okay. you, you can find them on, on the web. <laughs> like, like, like the guy, I just ran across the guy who synopsized all 27 or whatever episodes of an obscure Frank Sinatra show called Rocky Fortune. Yeah, Private Eye. Yeah, yeah I'm heard? a big Sinatra fan, so I have so listened you know, to yeah. several episodes and of it. They're not yeah. very good. No, no. No. No, because Frank just breezed in and is like, hey, I want that. Exactly, Give me that. Exactly, I did yeah. that. I read it. I'm gone. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Yes. Yeah, Give me my yeah. extra pack of Lucky Strikes. I'm out. Yeah. Hi, Ava. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but there are people who do love that so much that they like, you know. But anyway, what was my – oh, yeah, canonical. Um, yeah, um, some scripts were the same, but there was William Conrad wanted to be on the TV version. Okay. But he was, uh, as you know, if you've seen him on the show, Canon, which came in the seventies or eighties, he was a very heavy guy. Okay. And he was a character actor on film and radio and beautiful voice, did a lot of radio stuff. He's very ubiquitous. I'm sure you've heard a lot yeah. of this stuff. And, but he just, uh, he wasn't the leading man they were looking for, for the TV show. And there's this very kind of sad set of photos where the, radio cast were vying to be on the tv show and they went and got costumes and dressed up and had pictures taken (laughs) and it's really kind of very touching because it's just like kind of you know an audition that they shouldn't have had to do yeah like we have been playing these characters at that point for years right uh, like two or three years i think at that point there wasn't much of a lag time between before that um but yeah but but then the tv show james arnest's just it wasn't the same. They they couldn't go to those dark places yeah. on the TV show. The moral ambiguity wasn't there in the no, television and, show. And he wasn't the actor enough to handle it. I mean, yeah. I think I think Conrad just brought so much to the character in um in that sense. He he made it that way. Whereas with TV, they didn't want those rough edges as yeah. much. So did the moral ambiguity continue in the radio show yeah, or did, did it on. flatten out? Okay. No, that that they kept on their own their own uh, pace for Wow, I, I can't remember how long it ran. Seven or eight years. The TV show, of course, ran yeah, forever. Forever, yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly how many. Um, I'm sure somebody who's obsessed will call <laughs> up and tell us. Uh, so, when you're enjoying Gunsmoke, is it purely as a, a piece of art, a piece of entertainment, or is it because of its time where you're imagining, wow, people in the 40s were exposed to this level of moral ambiguity in their day-to-day entertainment and reflecting on that. Yeah, uh, both. I think the story really, the stories are so good, they still draw me in. Yeah. And especially with the sound design and everything, creating the world and the, and, and the scripts are so good. Uh, and, you know, anything I watch now, as a, because I've been doing this for so long, there was always that split of enjoying it as a story and looking at it uh, critically too. Yeah. So I so I have to do that with both of them, and and that is and that, that is part of the appeal of, of all the shows to me is sort of what works and what doesn't. Yeah. You know, in storytelling, and I mean, you did a, a recent podcast just on storytelling, yeah. so you know, so <laughs> so um, uh, you know, just what works, what doesn't, why do they do the things they do, what choices were made, why does that work, why does that not work, um. So that's always in the back of my mind, too. Yeah. And when it works elegantly, like in Gunsmoke, it's just you have to admire it. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself thinking, because you have so much experience, what a Winnie the Pooh old radio show would be? Well, you know, um, it, that's interesting. And this um, because 
it kind of is that when we were recording the episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Because um, sometimes we would record what they call radio style in animation, where you have the entire cast. Oh, It's cool. very hard to do much anymore because of actors scheduling and everything. A lot of times it's just one person in the in the booth. But occasionally we were able to get, uh, you know, well, Jim Cummings did both Tigger and Pooh, so he would, he would be kind of be going. And it was great. He would. Sometimes he would do the scene just going back and forth. Did he have two mics so he could jump back and forth? <laughs> you know, he actually did once. I, I do remember seeing that. Why? Yeah. Why is it, all these characters so breathy? They all sound out of breath. <laughs> Exhausted. But um, so in that sense, sort of animation in a way in my head is related to radio yeah. because of the way it's. Oh, that's what you're saying at the beginning. Because you record yeah. the dialogue first. You know, and everything is built around the dialogue and everything is about the, the actors creating this scene in your head. Yeah. And the good animation actors do that. They like, you, you can see that they're thinking in their head, imagining what this animation is going to be, imagining the physical movement. Yeah. Of it. Um, so they kind of pre-animate it in their head. Yeah. And then when you're watching that in the booth, it kind of draws you in. And, and yeah. that's what the good actors do. You know, they draw you in just with their voices. So in a way, I feel like, we did that. We kind of did that. You, know, <laughs> you already made Winnie the Pooh old radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now I'm picturing him as a you know morally tortured Western. You that know, would be great. Sheriff, that, that would, would be great. Be great. <laughs> we, uh, you know, so many years in it, we we definitely had our 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 different versions of Pooh <laughs> that we would not be able to share with the world. Fair enough. I want to ask <laughs> you because my own obsession about a specific old radio show, and that is Arch Obler's Lights Out Everybody. I don't even know that. Really? Oh, so no. is the Sirius XM, the way it's structured, is it like a, a a day of old radio where specific shows get played at specific times, or can you... It, it's, no, uh, there is a schedule, but it escapes me, because okay. every time you turn on, you don't know what you're going to get, unless, okay, so unless you, you've gone to this guy's website to look okay, at it Okay, so you just get surprised. Yeah, okay. uh, and I've never heard of that one. No, it's a horror one, and I think I really gravitate toward the horror ones. Like, yeah. I like some of the comedy ones, and yeah, they're, yeah. you know, they're such records of their time. Right, uh, but right. some of the horror ones are because they are experimenting again with that, like, being such a part of mainstream culture of, like, well, radio was just what people listened to. It was the form of entertainment. It was that in movies. Right. So that idea of, like, well, early in the evening, there are westerns and comedies, and then a little later at night, there's absolutely terrifying <laughs> horror. It was like, if sort of, like, on, you know, NBC, you know, you had Friends at 7, and then you had, you know, a medical show at 9, and then at 10 o'clock you had Saw. You know, like, that's what it feels like to me. So I think yeah, that's part of what, yeah. I, what is fascinating. And yeah. they just work so well for the ambiance of, like, it's late at night, you, you turn off yeah. your... And that's it's got the greatest dumb intro uh, where a voice slowly says, It is later than you Thing. Yes. Okay. Now I know which yeah. one. Yeah. And then they're in the and actual. That kind, of, that kind of became like a catchphrase in the time too. Yeah. A kind of a, a joke that people would. Yeah. <laughs> a really time-consuming joke to tell because <laughs> it is so like I did it faster than they do on the radio show. Uh, and usually there are intros from this is Arch Obler, the guy who actually does you know Arch Obler. It's his show. Yeah. Arch Obler's lights out everybody. And there is a mix of really great horror episodes and truly like wow somebody pumped this out when they were drunk the night before episodes yeah, yeah which yeah. is fascinating so it was an anthology show it was always a yep. different uh, yeah yeah a different uh yeah story, story. Every week. yeah like yeah. Su- like suspense and like uh, there was a lot yeah a lot of those yeah suspense and escape and yeah, yeah all sorts of anthology ones uh yeah some of those horror ones hold up like you said some are great some hold up pretty well others are like oh my god really like, <laughs> and you're like five steps ahead of whatever the mystery is yeah. But, um, suspense has some good ones and bad ones. Um, 
and the ones we're talking about, you know, the 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 the, um, the Whistler and uh, yeah, the Whistler always cracks me up too. It's like he's the narrator, basically. Yeah, and that's all he is, and it's always this. Uh, well, you didn't think that was going to happen, did you, Audrey? <laughs> you know, he's always talking to the to the cast members. It's, it's like, it's, it's, what a jerk! <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with the Whistler. Is is it a detective one, right? It's a, no, it's more of a, a, a spooky anthology. Oh, spooky and anthology. It's always, okay. it was always it's always a thing of people sort of digging their own graves, sometimes literally. But, but you know, uh, of getting involved in something where they think they're going to have the upper hand, and then there's always a twist at the end where they get they're arrested or they die, or it backfires on them. And okay. he's always there to remind them what they're doing wrong. <laughs> if only you had listened then, Henry. So it's the judgmental jerk. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Andy whistles. Andy whistles. Oh God, I'm never listening to this. It sounds like the internet come to life. <laughs> the theme song is him whistling this tune that is just. So unmelodic that it seems like now he's just making this up. Yeah, he's just like whistling stuff now. Uh, I wanted to ask you a specific question about one of the most absurd episodes of Lights Out Everybody. It's called The Projective Mr. Drogan. And what happens is he is he's kind of a, a whiny sort of guy, kind of a nerd archetype. And he is at an office party that's getting out of control. Somebody mixes a bizarre drink that they don't know what's in it. And it's like, will anybody drink this? And Mr. Drogan's like, I will. And he does. And everybody kind of laughs. And then he develops from this mysterious cocktail the power to have anything that he says happens, just does. Like a noisy airplane comes over. and goes, I wish that would just fall out of the sky. And then it oh, does. Geez. So, yeah, it's really intense and crazy and all based on the absurdity of just an office party cocktail yeah. that's too exotic. Well. <laughs> so I, all of that to say would you want to have that power would you want to be able to actually because i think this is the magic of old radio some of those sort of very fantasy it's, it's scenarios wish fulfillment, of, wish fulfillment would you want to be able to have think something happens and then it does no that would be a curse <laughs> to me is that because a lot of times i just talk to myself you know and i'm afraid that i might say something stupid like you know that would like you know uh, no, I would not. <laughs> I would, that would, that's, uh, the cocktail, I'd go for the cocktail. Yeah, the mysterious the, cocktail. Mysterious cocktail. Yes, that sounds true. You would too. attempt to get superpowers through <laughs> ambiguous cocktails. For, uh, that's what I do. That's kind yeah. of what it, it hasn't happened so far. But, uh. So it's not coming through. <laughs> you mentioned comedies as, a, as a one that you loved when you were a kid. Is your revisiting them as an adult, how are they doing for you? You know, I tend to go more to the dramas because the comedies just most of them don't hold up. Okay, because uh, as you said, they're very much of their time. Uh, um, I, I, Fibber McGee and Molly is one of my faves because it, it holds up really well. It's kind of an absurdist, almost modern kind of writing. Um, and is it just mostly a sitcom? Yeah, it's a married couple. Yeah, it's a married couple, and kind of their very odd groups group of uh, characters that are always dropping in. Yeah, almost again self-reflexively because there's like the mayor who comes in and then there's actually a character <laughs> called Mr. Oldtimer who's like being the parody of an oldtimer. So, and it's, you know, very, they're doing it on purpose. It's not, yeah. it's not supposed to be a real oldtimer. It's a guy, oh, here goes Mr. Oldtimer. But, um, and, and they do a lot of, uh, a lot of good sound gags. The best, the best comedies will surprise you with it. will do what I just call radio gags. Yeah. They're gags that only work on radio. Uh, the, the one that pops into my head is just something I heard last week, and I think it was Jack Benny. And like, 
it was a gag where like Mary Livingston was paying him back and said, oh, here's here's your check. Hi, Jack. Here's your check. The money. Oh, yeah. oh, thanks, Mary. And she says, well, how about a kiss? And then you hear these kissing noises. Yeah. And she says, I meant me, Jack, not the check. <laughs> so that's the kind of gag that will work on radio because yeah. you can't you, – you, you're expecting something that – like any comedy, you lead them to expect something and then subvert it. Yeah. And in this, they're doing – uh, audibly only so it's kind of it's kind of cool that's, yeah that's when the that's when the comedy really works for me yeah the, those kind of radio specific gags i love those there's a martin and lewis they had a tortured radio show uh but i like martin and lewis both yeah. uh legitimately and ironically because they're so absurd oh, yeah on so many levels uh and there's a gag very much like that where dean tells jerry to pick up the glass and he goes okay and then there's this huge crashing sound and he's like Oh, that was the plate. Now the glass. <laughs> like, just the incredibly. <laughs> the it's just so dumb. Yeah, it's yeah, so dumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want, I will send you my favorite old radio thing ever, which is the pilot episode for Martin and Lewis, where they ha- aren't famous yet. They haven't made their first movie. They've signed for it, but they haven't actually yeah. made it. Yeah. It's a meta thing about them being afraid their radio show won't work. And their guest is Bob Hope. And it's, uh, wow. it's the pilot they recorded unedited. And it actually does go off the rail. They missed their lines. Bob Hope starts making fun of them. It's all for an, an actual. Wow. And they start joking halfway through about like, well, it was nice to be famous for five <laughs> minutes. like because They knew that they thought yeah. that it wasn't going to. And those are the moments I love because like that sounds so real. Like right. sure, they'll make right. a reference to like, well, Senator so-and-so sure is in trouble after that closet thing. And like, I, I don't know yeah, what no, the hell right. you're talking right. about. Yeah. Uh, but those moments where it's just like, you can totally relate to that. You could That could be a modern sitcom. It, like, yeah. it has connection to the 30 Rock of like, the show within a show totally. failing, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. And and Jerry Lewis, I think, did, had a lot to do with it. Was, that was a breath of fresh air. You can see why they were so popular, where he himself like would, would subvert things by by making fun of the lions as he spoke them. Yeah. You know, oh, dear, oh, dear, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And sort of just making fun of the whole of the whole uh, genre. Yeah, yeah, the whole conceit of it, yeah. 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 How do um, Marx Brothers stuff hold up for you? Yeah, not great. They were kind of, <laughs> I remember as a kid, like, having, forcing myself to have to listen to the whole album. It would be just like... You know, it would either be Chico doing, you know, piano stuff or yeah. Gracia was the only one who came out smelling great out of the radio and it turned into the TV show. For yeah. Him. Um, you know, Harpo on radio, not a, not a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> the occasional honk <laughs> yeah. from Harpo, yeah. yeah. Although, you know, I still to this day, I baffled by the success of Edgar Bergen, a ventriloquist on radio. It's like, what the heck was that about? It is not as impressive of a feat, <laughs> no, is it? No, no, no. And, and if you see him, you know, now on in film and stuff, he was not he, he was not that great of, yeah. of, a, of a craftsman, but I guess it was the comedy and the characters that sold it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, an od- another oddity. Yeah. If you could travel back in time and listen to a show as it was being broadcast and, like, even be in somebody's home to see, like, how it was received in the reaction, would you want to do that? Would you want oh, to yeah. experience it that way? Yeah. You mean, like, sit in somebody's house while they were listening to it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be Gunsmoke? Uh, probably. I'd love to do, like, Gunsmoke and then maybe, like, a comedy, too. Like, yeah. Like, Fibber McGee or Jack Benny or something to see how that played. To see if it actually in landed. The, in the room. Yeah. 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 And Jack Benny is kind of is the same way. It's almost modern in its approach. It holds up pretty well. I to this, I don't know why I was ever a fan of Abbott and Costello. They, <laughs> they annoy me so much now. I have to turn that off when it comes on. I apologize to all Abbott and Costello fans. I used to love their movies. Yeah, but it's just it's so tedious on the radio. It's just like you know, 
shut up you know just i really want i want to slap bud too you know no is it because it's not funny is it the yeah. tone of their voices it's just a little too uh it's not funny because it's, they're trying so hard i think by that time and their hearts i think their heart's not in it and yeah. it's just it's their shtick over and over and over again nothing new nothing you know nothing pushing the the, the radio boundaries like yeah. the other shows were doing just kind of uh, their shtick yeah know? That makes sense to be a real divide in old radio, where you had things like Gunsmoke, where you had a chance for like people who were interested, like writers and performers and directors, to dig deep and yes. do something different. And yes. then some of the shows, you have mostly comedians just showing up and yeah, like I'll, up, I'll right. do it the day of exactly, and, like, and they can just exactly. knock it out. And and there's, I mean, that's still. Well, not so much in TV because it's so important anymore. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people just still dial it in, no matter what their profession is. But, but speaking of which, Orson Welles, you know, is famous for just showing up and reading copy. And sometimes you can tell, listening to all his various programs, when he's doing that, he's great at it. Yeah. He's great at cold reading. But sometimes you can tell he's doing it at this pace because he wants to be able to look ahead a little bit more, you know, and read read what's down at the bottom of the page. And sometimes he fails and it's kind of like why are you reading it like that but then he makes up for it then he yeah. like, you know he makes it work somehow but you can you can tell when he's just cold reading it's kind of cool yeah you can catch the shadow flub every once yeah, in a yes, while yes, which is yes. which is pretty pretty great yeah yeah oh the shadow especially because it was like there's that story about how he was uh, transported in an ambulance across manhattan because he, he was on every show <laughs> yeah so he'd like go from the shadow over to mercury theater and he and they, they he hired an ambulance to get him across town quickly really yeah wow yeah. that and he probably did a show from the ambulance if he knowing could. him of course yes <laughs> or, or else he had an affair in the ambulance yeah. probably <laughs> uh i think one of the most famous old radio shows is war of the worlds how do you feel yeah. about it do you enjoy it do you oh, think yeah. it, it deserves its legend obviously its legend is uh, a little controversial but yeah. how true it is is that there was right, a panic right right yeah that's interesting that it, there is a, it goes back and forth yes there was no there wasn't but i i enjoy it i still enjoy listening to it it's so well done yeah it um you know it, it, and, it, and it was i can't think of anything before that that used the radio medium in that way yeah maybe there was that i don't know I'm not aware of but um in that sense it was really pretty brilliant yeah now that I would love to travel back in time and just see if people did freak out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are newspaper headlines that you can see, but the the the, the countrywide panic that everybody talked about. Yeah, the legend. I'm not. I don't know if that really happened. It or seems not. almost like a weird relationship to like modern clickbait, where like uh, journalists will try to pin an actor down. Like this keep happen keeps happening to Ewan McGregor about the Obi Wan Kenobi movie of like if he is at Starbucks, somebody will say like. Are, are you going to do it? And he'd say, I'd love to. And then, you know, the headline will be, uh, Ewan McGregor in Starbucks yeah. ranting about Obi-Wan. Like, <laughs> no, you cornered him. Yeah. And he said, sure, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But then it just, just a little spin. And I feel like that's what this War of the World story is, is like a couple of people freaked out. And then newspaper writers I, were like, cool. Right. Exactly. Right. And in then, the streets. I think you're right. And then like, and then the big news was because of the news. Kind of the same thing. The news was about the news itself, not the actual event. Right. So where like the, one person is reporting on another exactly, report. And, exactly. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of a telephone and, yeah, game. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, Wells, to his credit, made the most of it. I mean, he built his career pretty much. I mean, it would have happened anyway, but that just jump-started his career. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, those shows are, his shows are great. I always enjoy listening to his, too. Yeah, one one of the Mercury Theater on the air, the Dracula one, is one of my favorite uh, I think, yeah, old radio yeah, things as well. It's yeah, best interpretation of Dracula. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the commercials. We were joking before we even started. The commercials are so almost blatant and threatening. 
<laughs> I really like that. Yeah, yeah. If you don't use this product, yeah. yeah. Do you have favorite commercials? My favorite one uh, is is uh, a character called Panhandle Jim, who is on. I think it was Wild Bill Hickok. He and uh, he would do the commercials for Corn Pops, and it was all in this like <laughs> really crusty accent, you know, and uh, um, and about how good they are for you and. Uh, how you eat them all day long because they're full of food energy. <laughs> and, and then the thing, the, the, the tagline was something like, uh, kids love pops, moms love pops, pops love pops, whole family can enjoy them. <laughs> Let's get back to Wild Bill. But, and it's, it's just like so over the top. It's great. And then there are the, then they're kind of the ones that are written into the show. Yeah. Like the comedy, a lot of comedy shows did that. Like, um, is it Fimmer McGee and Molly that has the somebody has Johnson Wax and the guy who comes in you all they always know he's going to do a commercial when he comes in yeah as if he lives next door and he's going to come in and do a commercial <laughs> so there you know there is that kind of self awareness too of uh, and 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 Hope was always joking about the, the his sponsors and Crosby yeah. sponsors and Pepsodent and um, and all that stuff so I mean there's a wide variety of them some are just hilarious because they're so dated yeah and others kind of really are funny yeah. Do you ever find yourself wanting to try those products? Because some of them have long died. Do you ever feel like, oh man, you know, there was I wish I could fill my uh, home the, with blue coal? Yeah. <laughs> there was something I can't remember specifically. I know there was something I heard last week that I thought, I've never even heard of that product, and it actually sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> I'd really like that. Yeah. I'd like to try that. Uh, did Gunsmoke have a main one that you know well? Uh, I've never, I've, no, I've never heard any of their commercials. I think they were, I think they were, um, I don't know. I, you know, that's a good question. Okay. I don't know whether they had a regular sponsor or, but it's never sort of mentioned in the broadcast, of course. Oh, they, weird. They didn't like brought to you by or uh, oh, wow. anything like that. Yeah, which was kind of rare. And you know, Johnny Dollar, my second favorite okay. show, Yours Truly Johnny Dollar. I don't think they did that either. But um, yeah, Johnny Dollar is another great one. Do you know Johnny Dollar? I don't I know the name, but yeah, I don't know anything uh, about it's it. It's a great concept. He's an insurance investigator. And uh, the structure is he's on assignment for all these investigating insurance companies, and it's about his expense account. So it's like, here's the man with the action-packed expense account, Johnny Dollar. <laughs> and, and every episode starts with the phone ringing and him picking it up and saying, Johnny Dollar. So the name of the show is Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. And um, so it'll be like, you know, $120 airfare from Hartford, Connecticut to Los Angeles, you know, and 10 cents for a taxi ride. Okay. 50 cool. cents for a cocktail to buy, to get some information out of so and so. And, uh, and it's kind of dumb. Yeah. And, and in the first year, they actually, bef- uh, they had the character flip silver dollars to people. That was kind of his trademark okay. because of his name. And then they realized that's really stupid. It's a little bit on the nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it went through a lot of different uh, cast changes. Edmund O'Brien played him at one point, the actor. And then it ended up with a guy named Bob Bailey. And that was kind of the golden era of Johnny Dollar. Okay. He, just, he, was a, he was great at it. And there's just something about it. It's, it's him. He's a good actor. The scripts are really good. They're like five-part things. And they're, it's always the something matter. Uh, and and so is it like novel like where you were really having to pay attention to this actual complicated story? Um, in a way, and the the, the best parts about it, there were just the character moments, and okay. they do, and they take time for those too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, and the stories, is, you know, we're joking about recaps. They, because it was a serial, when you listen to all five of them in a row. It's there's a lot, but they do it very artfully. It is very well done. It's usually done in that opening phone call, okay, where he's talking to somebody and kind of bringing them up to date, but in a pretty good expositional manner. It's not just like laid out there like a narrator doing it. Yeah. Um. So it is. It is a bit artfully done. 
Do you um, feel like there is in things like yours truly, Johnny Dollar, a level of elegance or intelligence or patience that isn't in like network mainstream television? Yes. Uh, nowadays, yeah. Um, well, you know, it's an, it's an, every, everything is ninety five percent crap, right? Yeah. And there's always going to be five percent that that really are better than everything else yeah. that's on the air. And I think the reason we're still listening to shows like that, why they're still around and people pay attention, is because those they are were the better the ones, cream yeah. of the crop. Yeah. yeah. And there and some and some lousy ones have been preserved too. I mean, some of them are preserved because of what, like the Green Hornet show, is horrible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty boring. It's pretty boring, and it all—it's the same story every time. Britt Reed is somebody dresses up like the Green Hornet to make other people think the Green Hornet did it. It's just like yeah. it's so stupid. <laughs> um, but I did discover—I don't know if you knew this—that Britt Reed is a descendant of the Lone Ranger. Oh yeah, did you know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think somebody told it, me that. Yeah, maybe uh, I told you that. I can't uh, remember. Yeah, it's it's such the same a guy cool... created them. Yeah, uh, and the 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 brother of who got killed. In the Lone Ranger, he goes makes him a Lone yeah. Ranger. His name was Reed too, and the Lone Ranger's name was Reed too. So I guess Britt Reed is literally a descendant. Yeah, and it's basically then he stopped to think about it. So yeah, it's the exact same show, <laughs> only with a black beauty instead of a horse. Yeah, with a different time frame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like yeah, that's the Guy original the sort of uh, MCU of like wow, it's all connected. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, whoa, blow yeah. me away. That's very very cool. Yeah, I think I'm fascinated by things like Years True, Truly Johnny Dollar because it sounds. So like, oh, wow, a show where the the hook is, it sounds like, well, an insurance investigator will slowly tell you about his day. Uh, (laughs) Makes it sound like the audience had more patience. But then I know I I have those goggles of like, that's part of the romance of it's old radio. It's from this other time that you can easily romanticize to a a thing that didn't exist. And, and And it is, I mean, it's well paced. And there were so many of those detective-like shows that trying to find a new way in was hard, and yeah. I, th- I think they did a pretty good job of it. Because um, like even the, even the Frank Sinatra show, the Rocky Falcon show, yeah. was he was a, somewhat of a detective, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He can't, oh, that's right. He worked for the Lion's Eye Detective Agency. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. Frank just wanted to play a tough guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. 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 With, his kind, with his kind of Damon, semi-Damon Runyon-esque uh, speech pattern. And, yeah. But then, like, you know, like um, the, the, the Dick Powell show, um, Richard Diamond, he had a couple of different ones. Richard Diamond, Detective, is pretty good. The scripts are pretty good. And he sang on it, too. It was so weird. It was like he would end every episode with a song. Just sitting around his apartment singing to his girlfriend. Like, okay. Why it not? It was a different time. It was a different time. <laughs> can, can you imagine if it's, it's like, like, yeah. Bruce Wayne comes home and sings a song. <laughs> yeah. House. You know, we're going to do a reboot of House where he's really cranky. He's great at solving problems. And then, well, I guess he did play the piano a lot. Yeah, but like he did, if he yeah. just had to do a show tune. Yeah. yeah <laughs> After saving someone every time. What do you think is the perfect physical environment for listening to old radio? Now, you listen on in the car, XM, usually. yeah. But do you ever decide like, hey, I've had a hard day. I'm going to I'm going to get some nice scotch. I'm going to turn the lights low and I'm going to listen to a great gun smoke or is it not about that ambiance for you? Yeah, the ambiance comes in your head. Okay. That's the great thing about nice. it is you don't really need to do it because if if it's done well and and, and again I, I I'm obsessed with Gunsmoke but it is it draws you in so well between the great actors and the script and the sound design it's it's you know you're making it up in your head yeah and I think that's the mark of a good show if it gets you into that state where it's almost like reading a book where you go into this state in your brain where you're 
seeing it. You're seeing how the geography is yeah. laid out. And you're seeing where the characters are. And, and again, the writing has a lot to do with that. That's what's great about Gunsmoke, too. You always know where you are physically and sort of what the layout is for how we're going to get to these bad guys. That's But amazing. it's done very artfully, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they just, oh, they duck behind the bar and we better get behind this rock kind of thing. Right. You know, you know and, and it's, um, so that really creates it in your head. And I think we've almost come full circle in a way. The podcasts, I think, are kind of, you know, now the yeah. and, and audible books too. It's like it's basically the same thing. Listening to a book on audible or on tape, you create that thing in your head that you normally would do read. Right. For me for me, I do not like uh, hearing books read. Yeah. Because it uses a different part of my brain than reading does, I think. So I'm always like I'm always thinking about something that was just said, and I missed what's happening now. And yeah, I, I almost I, see the words instead of the reality, like on a page, or think of it as a script. When you hear it, you when, yeah. When you I hear an audio book, yeah, oh, that's it, very it, interesting. It, it doesn't have that same really intimate sense like a podcast or old radio, where like I'm telling you a story. Yeah, I paid fifty cents for a cocktail. I don't disappear into that world. I just hear like, <laughs> oh, well, that oh, he just finished a paragraph because he took a little breath. Okay, like I, I hear I it as, the, as somebody the reading page. A, yeah. a, a book. You know, and aren't there now? I think there. It is becoming more popular to do like radio versions of of, of books. Not, I mean, they'll use the text as written. Yeah, but, but there'll be a narrator. There'll be different and, people doing different characters yeah. instead of just one narrator. So yeah. it's kind of. In old radio is really returning in podcasts. There's an explosion of usually kind of shorter, 10 to 15 minute, 20 minute episodes, and then set seasons. Uh, a lot of people are producing like comedies and more like oh, I think a lot of sci-fi. There's a lot of uh, genre storytelling that's going on in podcasts, which I, I keep meaning, you know, the world is too many things to listen oh to and God, see. Yeah. So yeah. I keep meaning to check out more of them, yeah. but they're getting really popular. Oh, I, I think that's that. really cool to have that reconnection to uh, that intimate way of storytelling where you can uh, tell lots of different genres because you don't have to build a spaceship or, right. you know, yeah. you don't have to go out to the middle of Nevada and shoot it, you know. Yeah. It's just all it, in your mind, you and know. And it usually works pretty well. Is it X minus something minus X? Yeah, X minus one? one, I think. X minus one, yeah. yeah. The sci-fi one. Yeah, yeah, they did a lot of Bradbury stories and, um, and, and a lot of space stories. Yeah, and super exotic future, future stuff. stories, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to ask you if you had an old radio show based on your life, or if somebody else came and, and based one on your life, what would it be about? What would it be like? Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy cow. That's that's too hard. <laughs> I think it would be me cooking in my kitchen. Okay. Yeah. And listening to old radio shows as I do that <laughs> and commenting on them. <laughs> So it would be you riffing old radio. Yeah. And then like, you know, Mo Molly uh, would come in and say, what are you doing, Fibber? And I'm listening to old radio shows and cooking. So it would be like gun riff. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. So these are questions that I ask uh, everybody across all episodes of Obsessed. There are no right or wrong answers. Do you think about old radio every day? I guess in the fact that I listen to it pretty much every day in the car, I would be thinking yeah. about it. I don't like stay awake, you know, dwelling on it or anything. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, th I guess I think about it every day, or at least listen to some of it every day. Okay. And if you have a period of time where you're not in the car, do you seek it out? Yes. Like as I said, in the kitchen, I you okay. know, I listen to it on the phone uh, through my speaker, and um, and sometimes like even just doing chores. 
I'll turn turn it on and listen to something. And sometimes I will seek out specific episodes. Like if there's if I hear something that I didn't hear, get to hear the whole episode of, you can they're easily to, easy to find online. Yeah, a Johnny Dollar episode or a Gunsmoke or something that I that I didn't get to hear all of on the radio. I'll seek that out. Yeah, um, and then that then I'll go down that rabbit hole. You know that there's the old time radio archives that has everything. Yeah. And, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And some are easier. There, there's a quality issue, too. The good thing about XM Radio is that most of the stuff they air is pretty good quality. Occasionally, you'll get, like, the Green Hornet and stuff where it's just too rat, too uh, too much clutter noise yeah. coming through that's hard to listen to. But for the most part, those transcriptions are – I think they started transcribing the shows, like, in the late 40s. Okay. So, so from then on, the quality is pretty good. Yeah. And, and you know the story about Bing Crosby and transcription, don't you? No, I don't. He's He's responsible for, like, recording for not doing everything live because oh, he wanted right. to play golf. So, <laughs> at, and after the war, they had discovered the, the Germans had developed a magnetic tape, but they had a very finite amount of it before the Americans could figure out how to duplicate it. Okay. So the, it originally started with sweetening that they would play uh, tape. They, they were a little short. Yeah. So, well, we have this, uh, we have this tape of the audience applauding. Let's throw that in just to lengthen it a little. So that's how, and then it became, well, Bing was like, well, if you can do that, you just, just tape the whole thing. And, and he invested in, in magnetic tape. He wow. Liked, yeah. He put his money into like figuring out how to do that. And so he could be more, so he could be lazy. on the golf course. Yeah. 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 Now, did he still, it was still recorded. The comedies with a live audience, but recorded to tape. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. And I think it got to the point where maybe not all of them were live audience either. Like later on in his radio yeah. career, he'd just kind of come in and do a few at a time. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, but the live ones, live ones are all the best. Yeah. How many inventions do we have? Because a already rich and successful person was <laughs> a little lazy. <laughs> it's the mother of invention. Rich and lazy is the mother of invention. Uh, all right. Um, if you were trapped in an elevator with four other people, how long would it take for you to start talking about old radio? Oh, uh, probably about three minutes. Three minutes? Because <laughs> I, I would let everybody else talk first, and then I would say, you know, this is just like that episode of The Shadow. Maybe he's here. Uh, do you end up having lots of conversations? <laughs> I do. As I, as I uh, you know, as I said. You say, were talking about the glazed eyes. Glazed yeah. eyes, yeah. And, and um, especially, I think it's usually in terms of, because in my household, since we're both writers, we talk a lot about craft and about yeah. writing and about stuff. so it's usually brought up in those terms of like boy it was interesting the way they adapted this to that and yeah and, and then and then nicole will say uh what would you like for dessert you know <laughs> something, something innocuous but uh, so i usually am going on about but we do have to get discussions for example like especially the lux radio theater yeah where they would do like our versions of movies um uh and it's interesting to see how they would adapt a two-hour movie oh, yeah. to an hour or sometimes just even structurally, half an hour, yeah. just structurally. And what parts do they narrate and what parts do they dramatize? And sometimes they're done pretty well. Sometimes it's the original cast. Sometimes it's a few members of the original cast. It started, I think, as trying to publicize the movies before they came out. But oh, then it cool. became kind of afterwards, even long afterwards, in some cases, they would do these adaptations. Um, like It's a Wonderful Life is one of them where I think Jimmy Stewart is on it, but he's the only one. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of those. Yeah. So I, yeah, so so anyway, bringing it up is, is a lot of times it's just about discussing the craft of it and the, and the art of it. Okay. Now, and you're joking about the glazed eyes, but do you have people that you try to... Uh, <laughs> now, and, and I ask this from a point of empathy because I have lots of different interests mm-hmm. and sometimes they're, you know... I've been alone working on writing or thinking about it and it's in my head and then I go to talk to other human beings yeah, and I feel like, yeah. 
this is what's on my mind, but I know you don't want to hear about it. Right. So like either try to make it interesting or come up with something else to say. But you are at this point where you feel like you, you see a, a friend and you're just like, hey, let's talk gun smoke. And they're just like, no. Is that what's happening? Or uh, Nobody ever says nobody's ever that rude. Um, <laughs> that would be but not usually, a good friend. But, it, but that part of the conversation usually doesn't last too long. You know, okay. It's like, oh, that, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. How about those uh, Dodgers, huh? Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I do probably bring it up. And, it, and if I hear a really good episode, I'll yeah. want to tell somebody about it. Yeah. Like you do with anything. You Why know? not? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like, wow, there's this really good Johnny Dollar with a, you know, with a great twist. And, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I hope I'm not boring people with it. But um, yeah. if anybody's still listening to this, then I've done my job. <laughs> you are not boring me <laughs> in the slightest. I love it. Uh, would you drive a van that had I love old radio airbrushed on the side? <laughs> I would. Yeah. I would proudly drive that van. <laughs> then anybody who sees you coming out of the va- that van knows they we're going to talk about old that's radio. Right. So they better run. If you want to engage with me, this is this is. <laughs> so you are uh, you are somebody who is happy to engage about your obsessions because sometimes sure. people do want to be like, "This is just for me. I don't care what other people think." Oh, that's interesting. No, this is something that yeah, no, I like. To, I like to talk about all the things I like to talk about. Yeah, you know, like if, they, if it interests me, I like to talk about them. Yeah, um, and and you know, and it's and you've probably found this. You do find other people that are interested in it. Yeah, as as as, as odd as it might be, I didn't know you were as into it. I knew you were into it a little bit. Yeah, but, but you know, you, these shows you pull out of your hat are pretty impressive. <laughs> so it is. It's always interesting to find somebody else, and and maybe that's part of like sharing it is that you're looking for somebody else to go. Oh yeah, I love Johnny yeah. Dollar. Yeah, there, there was a. I just got a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, Nicole found for me there somebody tried to revive Johnny Dollar. Oh really? About, about ten or fifteen years ago, Moonstone Comics actually did a graphic novel oh, awesome. based on it was a new episode. It wasn't based on an old yeah. episode, but using the characters and a black and white graphic novel. Yeah. It was like it was actually pretty good. It, it was good, it was a good story. It was it was a good fit into the world. It was a bit weird the way they uh pictured the character. It's always gonna be different. Yeah. Um but uh yeah so there so there are other people out there who like think there's something worthwhile there. Yeah. And now have you ever listened to Thrilling Adventure Hour? Uh which is probably I think one of the things that my listeners know the best in terms of it's not old radio, it's the the comedy show that ran for a long time as live in, in LA and then they put it out as a podcast. Oh no I've never uh, it was all pastiches of old radio shows with different genres oh, and with uh, exaggerated, you know, commercials and all of that. And yeah. I feel like they probably did a lot for making people go like, oh, what is that thing they're making fun of? Oh, that's uh, cool. You know, have, I'm, I'm totally ignorant of that. I'll have to look. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I yeah. know a lot of the actors and, and they've been on the podcast and it's uh, they do a really good job of sort of picking out the those things that make it different from modern entertainment and, yeah. and celebrating oh, it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's, you never know when somebody's going to like something. It makes me want to just come up with a card of like about 10 of my interests and then at conversations just present it and say, any of these? <laughs> we can talk about any of these. You like these? It's a good way to cut through everything. It just yeah. <laughs> feels maybe yeah. a little monstrous, a yeah. little robotic. Please <laughs> this select. is what humans do. <laughs> Please select conversation topic now. <laughs> Would you buy and wear Gunsmoke pajamas? Yes. Okay. Yes. That was a fast answer. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Is that a way that you, in general, express various interests of buying merch or wearing things that like you see but other people don't see? 
Um, I don't usually buy a lot of merchandise uh, re- related to things that I enjoy or movies that I watch or anything. Pajamas is an exception. Okay. Because I like pajamas. <laughs> and, you know, and plus it's private. It's not like you're yeah. taking it out in the world and saying, this is my obsession. What yeah. do you think? It's kind of like, you know, you're snuggled yeah. up in your own obsession. In oh, a way. yeah. That's a great way to yeah. say it. Yeah. yeah so, so I definitely would, would do that. Yeah. That, that sounds so, like, nice to me to say, like... <laughs> Oh, well, I'm going to put on my Lights Out jammies. <laughs> I'm going to sit and listen to Lights Out. And you're just like so in that world, in yeah. that bubble. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, would you fight with a friend or a family member who just said, old radio is stupid. It's dumb. Gunsmoke is bad. Uh, no, I wouldn't fight with them. I just like probably wouldn't speak to them again. <laughs> you just disconnect? Just disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, aunts, uncles, doesn't matter. <laughs> Are you generally not a confrontational uh, person when, when somebody close to you has a an opinion you really disagree with? Yeah, I, I'm not confrontational. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll listen and nod uh, if I disagree. Yeah. I won't. I've 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 learned you know that confrontation doesn't get you most. Yeah, you know, you're never going to change anybody's mind really yeah. about something they totally believe. So you know. yeah, would you offer just calmly like, well, I think Gunsmoke is very yeah. good. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, then... No, I enjoy it. Sorry, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> leave you, leave your number with a girl. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, have you ever had or would you want to have a dream about old radio? Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I have. I, I can't remember my dreams very well. I don't think I have, but well, I would welcome it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to be like Johnny Dollar in my dreams. <laughs> it would just be really great. I'd love that. Spend, spending my expense my expense account. <laughs> how much did that dream cost, Johnny Dollar? <laughs> uh, here's a brand new How Obsessed Are You question that I'm trying out on you. Would you buy and eat novelty old radio cereal? Yes. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, as long as it like wasn't vintage, like from that era, <laughs> that might be pushing it a little bit. If it was yeah. new, yeah, uh, new those cereal. marshmallows from 1948. <laughs> well, those and are probably know, still intact. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's true. And kids love pops. Yeah, <laughs> and pops love pops too. <laughs> now I think I know the answer. I think you already answered this one. Would you cosplay as a large old time radio at San Diego <laughs> Comic Con? <laughs> No, I would not do that. I do not do cosplay, but the image is is pretty good. <laughs> it's a giant. Just let people come up and turn your dials and yeah, stuff. Yeah, see what they get. See what yeah. they get. That'd be pretty then cool. I don't know. I'm yeah, not that... the person to do that, but I think it should be done. Yeah. It, I love that uh, cosplay is getting to be not just, hey, look, I'm Batman. I'm Captain Marvel. It's just, what do you like? Yeah, cool. that's true. Uh, yeah, do it here and yeah. maybe somebody will get it and maybe they won't. <laughs> now, is that just about um, dressing up yeah, or is it about I, not wanting to engage with I, strangers about it? Uh, not dressing up is a big thing with me. Okay. And I think uh, <laughs> my wife, Nicole, always at Halloween tries to get me to even put on a Halloween costume. Yeah. And, and I over the years, I've done that a few times, but I do not like that. And I think it comes from when I was in college. Yeah. And every Halloween, I'd be doing a play. And it was like, after the play, let's go to this Halloween party. It's like, no, I just got out of my costume. You know? So it's like, I'm just going to go and have yeah. a drink. But, I just um, want to be me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I feel that same way. I'm trying to get better about Halloween costumes. But having an acting background, I feel like, why would I dress exactly. up as Dracula if I'm not being Dracula? <laughs> yeah. It yeah. feels weird to just be like, I'm Dracula. And now I'm right. sitting around drinking a Stella. What? <laughs> As Dracula does. As Dracula does. He's lived for hundreds of years. And he's tried all the finest things like Stella Artois. That's a joke. Don't get mad at me. Uh, if aliens came to Earth and said, show us an example of your culture, would you play them an episode of Gunsmoke? 
yeah. Yeah, among other things, but yeah. I think that would definitely be, be on the short list. <laughs> yeah, like, listen to our moral ambiguity. We wrestle with these things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, are, we are a violent uh, country, and um, yeah. here, here's why. <laughs> it's always been in our DNA to be a violent country. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Would, it, would you feel like that was a warning to the aliens that uh, humans are violent, or just more of a sharing, like, this is the truth of our condition? Well, it would depend on how they take it. I can't, I can't predict how they would react to this. <laughs> You're not going to speak for the aliens. I'm not going to speak for the aliens. I've learned my lesson about that. But I like combining these questions now where the aliens listen to Gunsmoke are like, we don't like that. That's bad. And you're just like, well, I'm exactly. not going to have a conflict with have you, have All right, but goodbye. <laughs> just going to go home, put on my Gunsmoke pajamas, and do my own thing. You go back to your planet. <laughs> If you sat down to listen to a lost season of Gunsmoke, uh, let's say uh, uh, that that you 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 downloaded to your phone, uh, and it was for magical reasons, the only way you can get that is like one time only. You downloaded it, now it's disappeared, and it exists on your phone. It's the only place you can get it. Yeah. But a bear comes and grabs your phone. Would you Would you try to get your phone back from the bear? No. <laughs> no, I guess that is the true test of whether I am totally obsessed or not. But no, you don't mess with a bear. Yeah. You just don't mess yeah. with a bear. Is this something that cuts across your whole life where you are aware of your physical safety at all times? Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I always try to do only one thing at a time. Okay. Because like, I know that if I'm looking at my phone and walking down the steps, something bad will happen. Okay. So, I, so I'm very much aware of my surroundings. And also, that, but that gets me thinking, is there anything I would fight that bear for? Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it's my family and my loved ones, I probably yeah. would. But anything on my phone, probably not. <laughs> you just take it. Take just it. There. I'll have more time. <laughs> That's right. You, you can take over my plan. and uh... <laughs> Yeah, you pay for that AT&T there or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, that's very. it's very interesting to me because I think uh, some obsessions lead people to get uh, so wrapped up in the moment that they would take a risk. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like you are wise Maybe a no. smaller animal. Okay, like, like a raccoon. A rac- uh, raccoons are they're, real. I've, ha- I've been attacked by raccoons. You've so. been attacked? What? Well, I've been claw. Uh, we used to trap them when I had them in my house, and I'd have to like carry the cage. And you don't want to mess with an angry raccoon. They, they're terrifying. Oh, they're claw. They're terrifying. They yeah. claw you. They have. Yeah, they would try to. They yeah. have those really human hands, right? Yeah. So they can yeah. grab things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like a possum. I might like wrestle uh, my phone away from a possum, but I think that would be like the, the largest animal that, that I would confront. I think this is how I'm going to ask this question now is I'm going to like barter for animal down the size and ferocity. Like, how about three squirrels? Three squirrels? An army of squirrels. You have no hope. You're going to lose. Uh, all right, here's the final question on the uh, how obsessed are you? If every time you listen to old radio, it pushed the memory of a modern television show episode out of your mind, would you still listen to old radio? Uh, depending on what the show was, if it was something I wanted to forget. Yeah. You know, like it was my mother, the car. Be, yeah, great. If I could name the shows that I want to forget. So you want yeah. that driven out of your mind. Exactly, you yeah. don't want to be aware of its existence. But if it was anymore. like some, some TV, if I had the choice of like listening to old time radio or watching the Dick Van Dyke show, I would choose the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay. So there's some TV shows that yeah. are more precious to you than old radio. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. I ask everyone to make a noise <laughs> to sum up their obsession. What noise can you make for old radio? Aha. <laughs> is that from your uh like your almost detective skills about the way it's constructed exactly and also they say it a lot on radio and i find myself saying it a lot when a plot twist happens like, aha 
Do you say other things? Do you find yourself narrating? Oh, uh, I totally talk back to the to the to the. Sometimes I think I should like tape myself listening to old radio yeah. because I totally talk back to it. It's like that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, just like commenting all the time on 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 not only the plot but you know the all of it. Ooh, the nice. yeah. well done. Yeah. Oh, that was well clever. Oh, it's like oh, this uh, this sucks. <laughs> it's like oh, come on, Britt Reed. <laughs> you idiot! You did that last week. <laughs> I ask everybody to rate their obsession. Uh, how many How many seasons did Gunsmoke last? Was it? Uh, uh, I think it was seven or eight on radio. Cool. Well, let's we'll use Maybe seven then. Yeah. On a scale of one to seven, uh, seven being the highest, one being the lowest. How obsessed do you think you are with old radio? I'd say like a four or four and a half tops. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like you are a... Wow, this, I'm sorry. This makes me really sad, though. No, Because no. I'm thinking that, like, what is there in my life that I could rate a seven? I don't know. That's a, isn't that sad? <laughs> no, it is Joseph, not. you've ruined my day. <laughs> that That's not good for me. Well, let's try to turn that around. Uh, I, the reason I like to do the podcast, and it is uh, a journey, every episode with every guest, is every every guest feels like they should be almost totally obsessed but not quite obsessed and that that is what I want of them because the podcast is called obsessed right but for me I'm just I'm a super obsessive person so I'm really interested in how people react to and incorporate things they love they and love, some yeah. people are like I love that thing it's my favorite thing but of course I wouldn't fight a bear of course I wouldn't <laughs> do this you're nuts uh, and that to me that is interesting to me are there people are there a lot of people who do would fight the bear? There are a lot of people who uh, negotiate with me about the bear. And every once in a while, there's somebody who are like, yes, no, this thing is wow. an utter driving. It's to the core of my being. Holy cow. You know, there's some interest where you, uh, obsessions, where I think people hook like, but that that's, this, this thing shaped me. It gave me my identity. It's a part of yeah, me. So yeah. then when you're asking the question, it's sort of like, would if the bear was going to take a part of your identity away, right. would you fight for it? Like, right. yes, right. if a bear was going to take my sense of humor, yeah. I couldn't let the bear do that. You know, right. I couldn't. You I know, let a bear that. lobotomize me. Yeah, you know, I can. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, so I'm fascinated with the range of it because in different different people have different ideas of what healthy is, and like this to me, I would definitely say is an obsession. In for you because it's something you think about a lot. It's yeah. something you find yourself in engaging about mm-hmm. you attach it to other parts of your life yes and that to me is is an obsession well thank you doctor also <laughs> your spouse thought it was an obsession yes. right and right, that's, exactly, a, that's yes. another test. exactly yes yes <laughs> sometimes right. I ask people to do the podcast I'm like i'm not obsessed with anything it's like, like ask your best friend or romantic <laughs> partner i bet you're obsessed with yes, something yes she yes she puts up with a lot of it riding in the car with me <laughs> but um I you know I I wanted to add one thing I meant to say about oh, my do. upbringing. My mother was on the radio. Oh really? When she was like sixteen or seventeen, she had a, a Sunday morning show where she sang. The uh, her friend who later became my my aunt played piano. A radio station in Quincy, Illinois, like six fifteen on a Sunday morning. It was called Song Styled by Francis. Oh, so her middle nice. name was Francis. And she would just sing like the hits of the day. I think it only lasted like a month or two, but, but that, you know, from then on, that was like Kurt. Wow, my mom was on the radio. On the radio, yeah. that's really really cool. Yeah. Did yeah. she ever try to go back to it? No, she's always enjoyed singing, but yeah. you know, it's just like around the house, but uh, yeah, never, never professionally. But I think I have that really romantic attachment to that older time of entertainment too, where yeah. it's not as sort of like 
personal branding. It's just sort of like, here are some songs I enjoy. Yes, exactly. I shall sing them for you. Yeah. There's something just a little bit more and simple and direct about totally. it. Totally. And there's somebody out there on a Sunday morning who would go, wow, that's just what oh. I needed. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Francis, <laughs> if that's your real name. <laughs> so where can people find you on social media and stuff? Uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, at B. Holfels on Twitter. Nice. So, um yeah, that's pretty much it. And, yeah. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the uh, Google. Yeah. <laughs> and is there a specific project coming out soon that you want people to watch? Um, I'm currently working on a show for Disney Junior called The Rocketeer. It's a preschool adaptation of the 1991 movie. So cool. Which, uh, yeah, which, and again, fans either are worried about it or think it's a great idea. Yeah. But, um uh, yeah, there's that, and that's that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. and then people can just go to IMDb oh, and check out everything I, you've ever written. Yeah, and also I, I have a, a My Little Pony episode that's airing um, this weekend. By the time this gets on the air, it won't be this weekend, but there'll <laughs> be other ones of mine coming up. I just started okay. writing for My Little Pony, which is really fun. Again, the same thing I was talking about, those characters that are so well-defined that it's kind of fun to write for. Yeah, so you just kind of look up and be really re- research, like, who is this character? Exactly, and yeah. they stay in their lane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Here's some quick plugs uh, for this show, and then we'll do our quick final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook as at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host, which is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com, and you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episode where my wife Sarah and I talk about something we are obsessed with in the moment. <laughs> Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, so final questions. These are just weird questions. If the post office made a stamp in your honor, what would you want to be doing on the stamp? Typing. Typing. Mm-hmm. On a computer or an oldie timey typewriter? Probably a computer. I'm not going to, you know, yeah. romanticize it. <laughs> but that's how I spend a lot of my days. So. Yeah. Just typing away. <laughs> Either typing or petting my dog. Yeah. Would you want it to be both or would that be oh, a lot? Well, that happens a lot. Okay. The dog like tries to nudge the laptop <laughs> off of my lap. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a very lovely picture. Yeah. <laughs> if you had the superpower to turn your body into any substance, what would it be? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Probably water. Okay. Just to be able to get around easier. <laughs> and, and I would always seek my level. <laughs> that would be a great old radio show. <laughs> Just like, he's turned into water again. <laughs> so you turned into water, did you, Brian? <laughs> Clever. Look at him racing toward the drain, thinking he can escape as water. <laughs> nice try, Johnny Water. Uh, final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> um, fleeting. Happiness is fleeting. Okay. Uh, is a, a sense of satisfaction over over some kind of uh, something you've accomplished that yeah. feels good inside? And uh, I think you know when you see it. Yeah, you know when you see it. (laughs) Well, let me ask you. Uh, I I was making you feel bad about not being obsessed enough. (laughs) Do you feel happier about that now? I am very, I feel so obsessed. (laughs) Good. I feel like you you have uh, have earned the title of obsessed. I might be cured, actually. It might have gone too far. You might have like cured me from my obsession. (laughs) Please, please go go even farther. Keep reporting back to me. Going back a full yeah, circle. like I've listened to eighty-seven episodes of Gunsmoke in a row. I haven't left the house. She's having food delivered. That could Go happen. All the it way obsessed. 
that that would make me happy if that happened to you. I'll let you know. <laughs> but it would be fleeting. I think that's a very honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you uh, so much for doing the oh, podcast. It's my pleasure. It's great to be here. Thank you. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Aha! Uh-huh.